we're going through a series right now trying to connect our, our work and our daily life with our worship. Trying to connect our work and our daily life with, with the mission of God, the mission that we kind of heard about uh, with the stories that uh, the missionaries shared. We're trying to think about what does it look like to take all 168 hours and, and devote them to the Lord? Or if, if you know the song, 525,600 minutes in a year, right? All of those minutes are something that is, is being offered to God. We've been considering what God's mission looks like. We've been considering uh, in the past, how is our work an offering? We've been considering in, in what ways is the work that we do and the way we participate in it something that can affect and even corrupt the way our worship happens? What are the ways that work itself is uh, corrupted? Today, we're going we're gonna to move to how Jesus affects our work, how Jesus affects uh, those 168 hours, or 167 if you count being here as one that you're offering to God already. We, we want to see what is it that Christ is doing. Well, in, in Christ, in Christ, it's our work becomes an offering, and in Christ, the workers become priests. When we think about the, the word priest, oftentimes what comes to mind is what developed after the, the second and third centuries when priests became associated with really people like me, people who are ordained, who are are working entirely perhaps for the Lord, you could say. But, but that's not really how we're going to look at that word. We're going to look at that word a little bit differently because God has called each and every one of us, not just the people on the screen that we saw a few minutes ago, not just myself or the other Steve or any of the staff workers here, but he's called each and every one of us to be a, a kingdom of priests for him. That when we would go into our lives throughout the week, those uh, 168 hours, that we would be, be offering sacrifice to him, but we would also be a mediator between God and people. And that we would be a mediator between those people we call friends and coworkers and so on back to God. Because that's what, what priests do. So let's get started. We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 2, I think. There we go. Verse 4. Uh, there we go. All right, I got it this time, Hunter. All right. Uh, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, that's Christ, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Jesus Christ. We're just going to skip ahead to verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy mercy. Peter writes about this new community of Christians, these new community of Jesus followers that are 
are just perhaps starting together. And he, and he considers a couple things here in, in this passage, but also in his book. He considers what is our relationship with one another? How do Christians relate with one another? How do Christians relate with redemptive history, meaning Jesus Christ, but also everything that's come before and the way that God has shown grace? And then what is our relationship with the people outside of our community, those neighbors, those friends, those colleagues, the people that you wave to as you're walking through the supermarket? The reality is, it's the living stone who is Christ that changes the way that we live. Because Christ was, was chosen by God to fulfill his mission to restore us to him. He is this living stone which makes ourselves living as well. We become living stones. It's Christ the cornerstone that comes in our life and alivens us. And it's this picture about a temple in reality. In, in the Old Testament, we saw that there was a tabernacle that was mostly built with cloth that was carried around, and, and then Solomon built this glory, glory, uh, glorious temple for the Lord, and, and that's where the Lord's presence was. The Lord's presence was always in his temple. But now, what's happening here is Peter's saying is, that, that the temple is just not this physical structure. The church building right here is, is not considered where the presence of God. Instead, God is working within his people, creating them as living stones, the very stones of his temple, the very temple itself. Not tied to one location, but the presence of God is, is moving among his people each and every place that they go whether you're functioning to support architect firms, I don't remember exactly what it, you said, whether you're at a builder, whether you're working as a lawyer or a hydronic specialist, whether you're retired or whether you're helping your kids with something or, or whether, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you're carrying the presence of God we know as the Holy Spirit with you into each and every one of those places. God doesn't make stagnant rocks. Instead, he makes living and breathing metaphorical temples that take his presence everywhere they go. They're cast out into the neighborhood, the countryside, the school, the businesses, and the high-rise structures throughout the world. When we further consider this idea of, of a spiritual house, I want us to consider the word that that Peter uses a house, spiritual house, oikos. Uh, perhaps you've heard the word. Mindy told me that I could make a joke about it being a yogurt company now. Uh, oikos, it means house, but there's also other meanings in, in Greek. And, and one of them is to refer to a dynasty. And I want us to think about that a minute. A dynasty is a a line of powerful rulers connected by kinship. They're related. We are being built into a spiritual dynasty, a holy priesthood. 
It's not something that arises from ourselves, but it's the work of God within us when he says, no, you are my child, you are part of my dynasty, and now you are one of the kingdom of priests, the people who will go forth in my dynasty, making my reign known to others in the world. A powerful dynasty that God has placed here on earth. You're a priest, a child of the king, and we've been given a purpose to spread out throughout the city in our week, showing others who God is. Priesthood. When you think about the priesthood in the Old Testament, I would say there's maybe two functions, and, and, and we could say there's more, but we're only going to talk about two of 